So many women use their to-do list to measure how good they feel about themselves and what they accomplish. When the to-do list is short, they feel productive and good about themselves. But when the to-do list is long, they feel inadequate and overwhelmed. But the length of your to-do list doesn't actually determine how you feel. It doesn't determine how accomplished you are. Your to-do list is neutral. You get to decide what you think and how you feel about it. When you create a balanced life, you have to feel in control of your to-do list. So in this episode, we're going to dive into three ways to think about your list to end the overwhelm cycle and help you feel in control of what you have to do. You ready? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Ambitious and Balanced Working Mom Podcast, the place for women who want to balance their ambitious career goals with their life as a mom. If you're looking to feel more confident, decisive, and productive at both work and home, then this is the place for you. I'm your host, Rebecca Olson. Let's get to it. The length of your to-do list is often the source of overwhelm and anxiety. When the to-do list is short, most working moms think, I can handle this. This is manageable. I'm on top of it. And because they're thinking these things, they feel accomplished. They feel good. They feel adequate. They feel good at their job, right? And when you're feeling really good about yourself and you're thinking that you can handle it and that work is manageable, you get off of work and have a lot of energy and you're able to focus and be present with your family because you feel on top of things. Maybe you're more playful or you're willing to engage in activities with your kids. Just generally, there's this positivity and energy that comes when you really feel like you're doing a good job and you're on top of things at work. I know for me, When I've had a day when I feel really good about my work and the clients that I spoke to that day, I feel like I accomplished all the things I set out to accomplish, I literally walk into the living room where my kids are playing and my son will run up to me and I'll swing him around and I'll give him the biggest hug and I'll tickle him and he'll laugh and I might even turn Alexa on and turn on some dance party music and we'll dance and we'll feel alive and energized. It's a really exciting time. Now, when the to-do list is long... Many women start to think, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. There's too much to do. I can't get through it all. And this leads to feeling overwhelmed, anxious, and inadequate. And then when you're feeling those things and you get off of work and you're feeling like you didn't accomplish enough and you didn't do the things that you set out to do and you're feeling drained and you might feel detached and like you just can't wait for your kids to get to bed so you could just have a little time for yourself, right? These are the days for me that I walk into the living room and my son runs up to me to give me a hug like he normally does. But instead of swinging him around, I just get down on my knees and I give him a big hug and he wants to play with me. And usually I say, well, let me just talk to your dad for a while. Or maybe I'll give an excuse to just, I got to start cooking, buddy. I'm so sorry. And then I just kind of hide myself in the kitchen and my engagement is really low and my interest with my family is really low. Now, what I really want you to see as I lay these two scenarios out is that there's a really big difference between how it feels when you're thinking that you're on top of your to-dos versus thinking that you can't manage it. There's a direct correlation between what you're thinking about your to-do list and then what you're feeling 
about what you accomplished or what you didn't accomplish, and then how you manage that. There's a big effect between your energy when you accomplish a lot of things versus when you feel or you're thinking that you didn't accomplish a lot of things, right? But here's the thing that I really want you to notice, that it isn't the length of your to-do list that makes you feel good or bad. It isn't the length of your to-do list that is either manageable or not. The length of your to-do list is actually completely neutral. Not everyone that looks at your to-do list is going to feel exactly the same way that you do, which means that it's subjective. It is the way that you are thinking about your to-do list that either makes you feel like it's manageable or not. And when you're thinking your to-do list is too long and you can't manage it, that makes you feel overwhelmed. And when you feel overwhelmed by your to-do list, what do you do? Really, there's only two things. You're either going to procrastinate, meaning you kind of are immobilized by your to-dos and you do nothing, or you just do the easy stuff, the stuff that you didn't necessarily have to get done, which then makes you feel behind and like you didn't accomplish enough, and so you tend to overwork to compensate. Or when you're feeling really overwhelmed by your to-dos, you go into hyper-doing and you just try to accomplish as many things as possible and check as many things off of the list. And again, you overwork in order to get more done so that you don't feel overwhelmed. It is true, of course, that accomplishing more and checking more things off of your to-do list will likely end that cycle of overwhelm and overworking, but not because your list is shorter. Remember, the length of your list is completely suggestive. So it isn't your list being shorter that ends the overwhelm and the overworking. It's what you're thinking about yourself and your list now that there's less things to do. And that has actually happened in your brain, right? It's your thoughts that have changed about your list. But ultimately, I never want you to be dependent on your to-do list being short in order for you to feel accomplished and like your life is manageable and that you're in control of it. I don't want you to be dependent on anything in order to really feel balanced. I want you to be in complete control of creating and experiencing a balanced life. So what that requires is a shift in the way that you're thinking about your to-do list. I don't want you thinking the only way to end the overwhelm and the end the overworking is by getting more things done, which means working more, right? Working more never creates a balanced life. And so what we're focusing on in this podcast is really talking about three shifts in the way that you're thinking about your to-do list so that you can gain more control, end the overwhelm cycle, and start to create balance simply by thinking something different versus by having to go into hyper-action mode or overworking mode in order to create it. Okay, so the first shift that we're gonna talk about here is normalizing the length of your to-do list. Normalizing the length of your to-do list. You are an ambitious woman. You are good at what you do, you get things done. That means that you're always going to have people putting more things on your plate because you are known for getting it all done. And because you're ambitious, you always have goals and the desire to do more and accomplish more and you're constantly adding more things to your list. So 
with one thing that comes off your list, inevitably something else is going to make its way on, right? An achiever always finds more things to do, more things to achieve. This is not a problem. The shift is about normalizing the idea that your to-do list is always supposed to get shorter. It's normalizing the length. And in fact, having a long to-do list says a lot about the kind of person you are, right? You're the achiever, the doer, you have high standards. These are all really great things that likely you want to continue to think about yourself. And that long to-do list is kind of just an extension of that. I have two clients that often talk about the length of their to-do list, and when I ask them about it, both of them say virtually the same thing. They say, I have a long to-do list because no one else can do the work like I do. They say that they're requested to be on everyone's team. Everybody wants them. Essentially, they're just really freaking good at what they do, and because of that, people want more of them. They want to work with them. The length of their to-do list is simply an extension of how good they are at their job and the value that they bring to their company. So we want to normalize the length of your to-do list. You shouldn't be expecting it to be any length at all. It doesn't matter if it's short or it's long. All of it's normal and all of it's okay. All right, the second shift in how you're thinking about your to-do list is to stop thinking that there is a right way. There is no right way on how to manage your to-do list. There is only the way that you make right. Everyone's brain operates differently, and you can learn a hundred different ways to structure your to-dos and keep yourself organized, and potentially all of them would probably work for you. The reason people continue to go out searching for a better way to organize and manage their to-dos is because it's a lot easier to think that the system is broken that the system is inefficient rather than you. And what tends to happen for working moms is that they have a system. Some people use organizing apps or some use systems like Trello or some just use good old-fashioned pen and paper, sort of like me. And they use that for a while, but eventually they don't have their phone with them when they want to write that thing down or use their app, or they left their master to-do list at the office Or maybe just like a slew of to-dos gets added to their list that day, and it just becomes uncomfortable to manage, right? They don't want to get off the sofa to go find their phone to write that thing down. They don't want to send themselves an email or write a note and then transfer that information to their master to-do list. They don't want to take the 20 minutes to organize themselves and manage all of the new to-dos that just came in. It's uncomfortable, And it's a lot easier to say, well, the system just isn't working for me and kind of throw it out the window on some level than it is to be willing to feel that discomfort to getting yourself and keeping yourself organized. Managing your to-dos and keeping yourself organized takes effort. There's going to be times that you don't want to do it. There are going to be times when your brain thinks that just getting one more thing done is a better use of time than managing your to-do list. But when you commit to a system and decide you're going to make it work, your brain will start to get on board to figure out the kinks versus thinking the system is the problem and then spending so much time thinking about that and researching it or just being frustrated that it isn't working for you. There's no right way. I had a client that constantly told me that their system was broken, that they had tried a bunch of different ways to stay organized, They had used calendars and tracking apps and all sorts of things. 
that none of it was working for her. And when she finally just realized that there was no perfect system, she just picked one way, the way that seemed to work the best for her, even though it wasn't perfect. And then she just started troubleshooting for the moments that the system broke down. The moments of discomfort when she didn't want to follow the system. She she became attuned to when those moments were and then started to make plans for how she was going to handle each of them. How she would track those various things. She became attuned with making the system work for her. So she started just making more and more decisions and getting to it and doing the hard work to make it work for her. And by the end of our time, she was in such a flow using her system that she didn't have that resistance anymore. The system started working for her because she committed to it. She decided that she got to decide what system worked for her, and she went to work to make it work. All right, the third shift is to depersonalize the length. The length of your to-do list is not a personal reflection on you. Now, I know earlier I talked about how having a lengthy to-do list often comes with being a high achiever, and that is true, and that's a really positive way to look at your to-do list. Ultimately, though, how much you get done or the length of your to-do list really says nothing for how good you are at your job or how good of a mom you are. Your to-do list isn't personal. It doesn't mean anything about you personally. In fact, your company doesn't even really pay you to get through your to-do list. Your company pays you for your expertise, for your brain. That doesn't mean you can be lazy. There's no permission to be lazy, but it does mean that the focus is not on checking more off of your to-do list because they are paying you for what you think They want you to problem solve, to strategize, to communicate effectively, to take your knowledge and apply it effectively to your work. They want you to lead, to train, to evaluate, to give suggestion. They would rather you be 100% focused and present in a meeting and giving guidance and expertise and suggestion because that is your brain at work, that is your expertise that they're paying you for, than to be focused on just sending out that email or that quick text or checking one more thing off your list. I had one client who essentially would just look at her to-do list at the end of the day and would sort of base how accomplished she felt and how good she felt about herself that day based on its length. Of course, she didn't really do this consciously. She would just look at her list in kind of preparation for the next day. And if it was short, she would naturally feel really good about herself and feel very accomplished and have all of that energy that I talked about earlier. And if it was long, she would make it mean that she didn't do a very good job and she would start to feel bad. And she would start to think about how she probably should get on and work a little later that day in order to get more things done, right? This is a very subtle thing that we do as working moms is kind of measure our worth based on what we accomplish. And one of the goals in our work together with this client was to simply normalize the length of her to-dos. She started making lists of the things that she actually accomplished, the phone call she made, the emails that she'd written, the tasks she'd accomplished, the way she'd gone about doing certain problem-solving or certain task. She would focus on the progress she was making on projects. She just started listing all of these things out to get her brain to start to disassociate her accomplished value from the length of her to-do list. 
And by the end of our time, she felt very neutral about the length in terms of how she felt about herself. She would see more of what she accomplished every day, would be focusing on the progress she was making instead of always focusing on the negative and what didn't get accomplished that day. Okay, it is time for you to get to work to start shifting the way that you think about your to-do list. Do you need to normalize it? Depersonalize it? Or do you need to stop focusing on trying to get it right? Remember, your to-do list and its length is completely suggestive. You get to decide what you want to think about it, how you feel about it, and then what you do about it. Controlling your to-dos is a part of creating a balanced life, and you are completely in control of it simply based on what you think. All right, working moms, let's get to it. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. If you're looking to create a life where your career and your family never feel at odds, where you're working less but achieving at the same level, a life without regret where you feel present and focused at both work and home, then join the Ambitious and Balanced Working Moms Collective. This is a group of ambitious working moms who are committed to their careers and their family and believe it's possible to balance both. The program includes over 30 short videos and workbooks that will teach you how to create the building blocks of a balanced life, as well as weekly group coaching and in-depth support within a private working mom community. Oh, and did I mention that when you join the community, you get lifetime access? That means you have access to coaching and the materials to help support your balanced life in every season. You can find out more information and sign up for the collective on my website at www.rebeccaolsoncoaching.com forward slash collective.